Welcome back to Remember Country Music. This we got to hang out with Kaylee Bishop. We talked all about her theater background as well as character development within songs. I even got a voice lesson. We also talked about her live project, Live at the Chapel. Kaylee Bishop is on the RCM Podcast, coming at you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Member Country Music Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Kyle Corbus. And uh, today I get to welcome Kaylee Bishop to the show. Um, and I'm really excited to have her. Um, one hell of a voice. And um, already, just by talking to her pre-recording, one hell of a person. Kaylee, thanks for coming to hang out with me. I'm excited. Um, I'm just excited to get to know you and get to talk to you a little bit. Thank you, Kyle. I'm so pleased to be here. Of course. I'm so glad. I'm so glad because we would not want to be sitting here if you said, eh. I don't really want to be here, but I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> I could be doing other things. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, the other things are my taxes. I'm I'm trying to like really be a good mature adult and do my taxes in January, which is unheard of for me. So um, I'm already on my way and working it out. And for an independent artist, if, if anybody that's an independent artist is listening to this, like, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. It is a difficult undertaking because... <laughs> it's just a long drawn out process. So I'm just, you know, if I wasn't talking to you, Kyle, I'd literally be crunching numbers. So. So the good thing is that although <laughs> you're being a mature adult and attempting your taxes in January, I am letting you have that break from taking you doing your taxes right now, which means you that are. I am like, I am a nice breakup here. So I'm yeah, winning. Really I, I am the reason why that you get to rest your brain. Yeah. It's well, really actually quite nice. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad you're taking credit for that. <laughs> you are from East Tennessee. Um, and uh, like you said, you're an independent artist and uh, you're a songwriter. And you got a lot of music background. You got, you got, got a lot of music going on. Um, you went to school in Boston. Am I correct there? Did I make that? Or I make yep. that? Boston. No, you did. I did. Cool. I did. Um, I love Boston. Um, definitely one of my favorite cities. I think Boston's a great town. Um, and I'm a Yankees fan so saying that it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bold of me. I think Fenway's a great park too. But, <laughs> yeah. But. They're obviously for four years doing my, I went to Boston conservatory and mm -hmm. oddly enough, I have a musical theater degree and cool. you know, I, I did a lot of auditioning in New York city and I kind of realized that the trajectory I was on was leading me to New York city. And after auditioning, I was like, man, I, I don't know if I can see myself planting roots here. Um, but I, do see myself planting roots in Nashville. So I kind of be, I, I switched gears. I made a transition and um, really got into songwriting my senior year of college. And that, that kind of uh, gave me the epiphany of, wow, I'd rather be myself on stage than a character cool. in a play. Very cool. And, um, and then I kind of just kept going in that direction. And now I've been in Nashville for eight years, which is really wild. Is wild. Uh, it's so wild. And the eight years have been incredible, like the worst of the worst and the best of the best. And I've already lived like a whole life in this town, which is really kind of weird to say. But I think when you're when you're running full speed ahead at something, um, you know, you just tend to live a little bit faster. If, mm -hmm. if that makes any that probably doesn't make any sense. But, um, you know, I've been married and divorced all in the same eight years and I've just been running full speed ahead at the things that I've been passionate about 
And um, you, if you're running faster, you're going to encounter problems faster. You're going to encounter solutions faster. You're going to encounter redemption faster. Mm -hmm. It's like all of these different things versus just staying in one place and barely moving. Right. Um, And I think if you're doing that, life can just pass you by and you're like, wow, 10 years, like what happened and nothing has changed. Where to go? For me, that is, yeah. But for me, it's like eight years. Wow. It, where'd it go? But everything has changed. Right. And you've probably become completely different people within that eight years. You know, where you were the, oh my gosh. the beginning part of the eight years and where you are now, it's probably totally different. Yeah. My essence has been the same, but I am 100%. I'm living, I feel like I'm living in my, the fullness of my identity right now. Nice. And that's what you want. That's awesome. Yeah. It's hard that's to explain awesome. that, but yeah. 100%. No, I get it though. I get it because I went through a weird couple of years too. And it took me like, it took me a few years to kind of figure out what I really want to do, who I really wanted to be. And like, kind of how I wanted to, I don't know. I just wanted to be like an honest version of myself. And I don't know if I was doing that because I was afraid to see what the reactions were. But then as soon as you do that, you just kind of feel more authentic and more like who you are. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense, but to me, that makes no, sense. it does. Like I was having a, a conversation with a friend of mine and I'm sure you've probably heard the phrase like, oh, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, I don't care what anybody thinks. And I'm like, okay, well, let's really dissect that statement because as a performer and as someone who's writing songs from vulnerable places, like I talk about real things in my songs, Mm -hmm. things that I've lived. And then I go on stage and I serve the song and I tell the story and I let people into my life. Like I care very much what other people think. Like, I care very much what other people think, but what I care mostly is that they, they appreciate who I am in my authenticity. I'm not looking to get up on stage and be some interpretation of what I think they want me to be. No, I get up there and I'm just living honestly and earnestly and hopefully as authentic as I can be. And then they receive that and they like what they see because I'm like, I want to be liked. Who doesn't want to be liked? It's part of surviving. You know, it's like, if you don't, if you're putting something out there and nobody wants it, then you are bringing no value like (laughs) to yourself or to anyone else. So it's like, you want to be valuable and you want people to see the value in you and appreciate what you're doing and how you're contributing. And so I care very much what people think, but I want people to like me for who I am. Don't you feel like um, the the honesty and the authenticity is kind of what allows people to like you for who you are? Like that 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 is that is exactly what it is. I mean, I I, I feel like some of the people that people really latch onto and love are the ones that are just brutally honest in who they are, and they're not really um, they they want you to like them, but they don't necessarily they're not going to change themselves because of what you think. Yeah. And like, you know, my hope is not in my neighbor. Like I'm not hoping in the people in the audience to like validate me or make me feel worthy, you know, like that's not what it's about. And I, I would, I would totally agree with you and what you just said, because there's something about someone who knows who they are and they're not afraid to express themselves authentically. Um, there's a confidence there. And when you are, and when they are confident, they inherently make you feel a little bit more stable. It's the same thing as if you were watching a performer on stage that was extremely nervous, didn't know, you you could just see like they weren't really rehearsed. They didn't feel good about themselves. Like immediately as an audience member, I feel concerned. I'm like, (gasps) like I'm holding my breath for them. Like I don't feel comfortable. And then the opposite is someone who's on stage and it's like, they're drinking water. They're just like breathing. It's like, it's so easy to them to be on stage doing that. 
Um, and then you, you automatically just feel at ease and comfortable. And it's like, wow, I like who they are. It's like, wow, they make me feel comfortable. They make me feel stable and I can enjoy myself and them. And they're laughing at themselves. They're not taking themselves too seriously, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So. I, I, that's, that's how I do it too. And I think that's a great way to, uh, to, um, kind of go about it, especially, you know, being, being more in the public eye than, than not, you know, you know, you know, being up there and being vulnerable, especially on stage and playing songs that, that are deeper and that mean a lot to you and that are, that are kind of honing on whatever these emotions you're feeling at a certain point in time. Um, you know, it's, it's important to be like that and not, and not to, like you said, take life too seriously because, um, you know, sometimes we only live this life once, you know, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's important to kind of live it and live it the way you want to live it. And, 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 do things your way because if you're doing things other people's way, you won't, I don't know. You won't, you won't. No, I totally agree. Your, yeah. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I uh, starting off on that note. Um, let me ask you, let me backtrack just a little bit here is that um, you mentioned this, this, um, that you study theater, um, which I think is really interesting, really cool. And after you say that, and I listen to your voice, it, you, you have a very, very powerful voice, which obviously helps. Um, within theater and your vocal control is nuts but um so (laughs) (laughs) like i can never but um in terms of of you growing up were you were you was was theater like always your thing like because i know you can do theater when you're a kid and things like that no not at all i mean you do like little elementary school productions and stuff like that i for me i mean i was very independent and i didn't come from a musical family And it was really, I was the oldest and I had to carve out my lane. I didn't know what I was doing. My parents had no idea how to foster my talent. And, um, you know, thank goodness I was independent and deeply convicted and compelled because it forced me to really kind of investigate, okay, well, how can I use my gifts? How can I, you know, work this talent of mine? So in high school, I um, got involved with everything I could. I was, honestly, I probably lived in the chorus room. (laughs) Um, I would do all the productions at school. I was president of my thespian troupe and we'd go and compete and do like statewide competitions. I was involved in things that were outside of school to perform. Um, And for me, like theater just kind of was a conduit for me to perform on stage. It was never like, oh, I want to be on Broadway. Of course, like I would say, I I mean, if if Broadway came calling and said like, hey, Kaylee, like we want you, I'd be like, yeah, I'm coming. Like (laughs) I will totally go. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but it was just a way for me to sing because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And and then, you know, after getting involved in theater in high school, it's like, okay, well, I guess I'll apply for theater programs. So I looked up the best programs I applied and I got into one and yeah. I was like, let's go. I'm going, <laughs> like, I'm going to Boston. And um, even though I'm not really involved in theater now, like I'm very grateful for that education. Um, I see myself using it all the time. Just, you know, I, I studied I have a classical background in um, as far as like vocal pedagogy and like singing. And, um, and I don't regret that whatsoever because uh, that training has really, really helped me um, be a successful vocalist. And it's stuff that I still use today. And I continue to go back and revisit just to hone in on what I'm doing vocally. Um, As far as like learning how to interpret a song and learning how to tell a story on stage, all of that came from my training at Boston Conservatory learning how to um, understand, understanding the character in which you're, you're singing from. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all part of it. And so, and it also informs my songwriting. Like 
when I'm writing a song, I think about the exposition and the setting is like the first thing that you read in a script. It's like, you know, you're, you, you could be reading death of a salesman and I'm, I'm, I can't remember like what the first scene is, but it probably is in the kitchen of the home that they're at, you know, and they're describing the kitchen, like who's there and like what's present there. Um, and that's the same thing in a song. Like you want to paint, you want to basically build the rooms. So it's like, oh, uh, a pillow, you know, like her hair on her pillow or a ribbon in her hair or like the ring he left on my pillow. Like um, there, there's actually a Patty Loveless song. Gosh, what are the lyrics? It's called, he and you don't even know who I am is the name of the song. And he left her car keys in the driveway or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember the words, but it's, it's beautiful. And the entire song is just exposition until it hits the chorus. It's like, you don't even know who I am. Like, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so I've used that in my songwriting, thinking about character development, thinking about how to build a, Unreal. a, a story. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I never, wow. Because it allows you to, to, to paint a picture in the listener's head of, or whoever's hearing it in their head. Of, of what they're really listening to and the kind of story that, that, that they're really, you know, whether, whether they interpret it in some way or not, they're listening to it. Um, what by you kind of explaining um, everything you just talked about character development and things like that. Um, that's why I, 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 need, even... I need to like, I need to share these lyrics because now it's like, they're just too Please good. Do. So she left the car in the driveway. She left the key in the door. She left the kids at her mama's and the laundry piled up on the floor. She left her ring on the pillow, right where it wouldn't be missed. She left a note in the kitchen next to the grocery list. It said, you don't even know who I am. You left me a long time ago. You don't even know who I am. So what do you care if I go? Wow. You know, it's like that kind of wow. stuff. Like the exposition is just so profound and it sets up the chorus so well. And then you think about what you can do musically with it and how to lift it you know in the chorus and have it ring out and like having these impactful notes that you can hold and um it's it's like musical chemistry yeah, that's <laughs> wild you're right though you're right it's totally like musical chemistry that is a great way to put it i mean mm -hmm. it's that that's uh, i don't know i just that's that's why i love songwriting that is that that is that is some of the main reasons why i love songwriting for things like that for songs like that where you can just kind of it's kind of like a puzzle. I, I think in a weird way, it's kind of like a puzzle. You know, things fit in certain spots and you just kind of have to figure out what fits and how you're going to allow that story to continue to streamline. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's the way yeah. I look at it. As a guy who doesn't write songs, that's how I look at it. So um, that's awesome. That is so cool. And you, you know, you mentioned your, you know, your classical training. You don't really have a, I don't know if this makes any sense. This is not, I'm not a theater guy either, but is there such thing as a classical tone? Because I don't think you have. A oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. No, I'm that not sound, like that sound. You're not going to listen to me saying and think, oh, she needs to be an opera. You know, yeah, like, no, that's that's, you know, I can manipulate my voice and, and really kind of lean into that stylistically. But even still, like I would probably need to sit um, in a vocal booth and really that's a conditioning thing. It's like yeah. training for a marathon. Right. I would have to alter how I train to be able to satisfy that sound as to the level that I'd want to be able to do it. Um, but as far as like the vocal technique that you learn, a lot of it is going to be similar 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for instance, like I'll give you a voice lesson right now. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm, not, it, I'm not singing. You don't have to, you don't have to. So, uh, sometimes like if people are having a, a hard time, like reaching a certain pitch mm-hmm. or getting on pitch, um, I, what I'll do is what is called a soft palate push up. And push, try saying that five times. Soft palate push. I know. And your soft palate is basically like in the back of your mouth and it's like the roof of your mouth, but the soft part of it. And you want to raise that and take a breath into that spot. And then basically it feels like a cool spot. Um, And you can hit it easily when you breathe in on a K and out on a K. So it sounds like this, like, And you can feel the cool air hit the roof yeah. of your mouth and your soft, your soft palate lifts. And that's a good way to kind of get on your breath. So you can attack the note from a higher place and be in the center of the pitch, essentially. Wait, you're right. <laughs> now you're trying. <laughs> no, now I'm trying. Of course I'm trying. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but it's, it's interesting. It, it basically helps you get on your breath and um, obviously there's so much more to technique, but like right. breathing is a huge part of singing. Breathing is a huge part of living. It's a huge part of like speaking, um, of, you know, you can take slow, deep breaths to lower your heart rate, to lower your stress response. Like breathing is crucial yeah. and there's certain ways to breathe in order to have a more effective outcome and whatever you're, you're working at, um, including singing. And so, you know, breath, breath support and control is going to be the same, no matter if you're singing pop rock or classical. Yeah. Very cool. So random question. Do you, do you, um, do you think that, that even someone who, who doesn't have a great voice has the capability of being a better, has the capability of, of learning and training to be a decent singer? Like, or do you think, do you think it's like, do you think like everyone's just, you're either born with it or you're not. And it just kind of depends if you can, you know, take it to a higher level or not. Let's, let's talk about this because this is a good, this is a good question. So I'm going to talk about Chris Stapleton for a second. Please do love him. Everybody loves him. And what are we, what are we drawn to with with Chris Stapleton, his voice, but it's like, it's not just how he controls it. It's not just like the vocal acrobatics that he does on Tennessee whiskey, even though those are so flipping like appealing, Mm -hmm. it's the timbre of his voice. It's the quality of his voice that like, that just like kind of pulls you in. It's the same thing with Michael Bublé for me. Like the Love timbre me. of his voice is just like addictive. Yeah. Um, but I could hear Joe Schmo sing the same line, do the same run, like, ah, oh, like whatever he wants to do, do the same thing. And it wouldn't be the same because the timbre of his voice is different and it may not be as appealing. Right. Um, and so in order to like have a really appealing voice to me, you've got to have, an incredible timbre, one of which that stands out, that is individual and just addictive, you know? Um, the other, the other thing is, yeah, the, the vocal ac- acrobatics and control, I mean, those are just so appealing, but even if you weren't able to do that as well to emote while singing is really impactful and can draw me in as, as well. Um, what do you mean so by there's, that? so to sing something Okay, I'll give you an example. We'll go back to Patty Loveless. And I'm not warmed up, so this is probably <laughs> a, a bad example. But um, so I'm going to sing something two different ways. The first line of the song. She left the car in the driveway. Or she left the car in the driveway. Uh, I see. 
and it's like I'm really trying to serve I'm trying to serve the lyrics there and the pain behind what's going on in the, the yeah. song you know like you can sing something monotone or you can really give it the emotional impact that mm -hmm. the, the lyrics are warranting and that goes back to like being a performer too like I see songwriters in Nashville that man they've got an incredible lyric but they don't know how to serve it on right. stage yeah and when you're performing your songs like that's really important and you know maybe they'll claim like oh, I'm not an artist I'm just a writer but still like if you're not serving the lyric in a performance in a performance capacity um you're kind of you're crippling the, the how it lands you're because people can't feel how, it right they're not going to feel this much yeah wow this is great. I love this. I wish you could. I, honestly, you could just keep talking. I, I'm down for that. This is great. I, I um, I I think that this is so fascinating. I don't think I've ever had a conversation about anything when it comes to like like voice voice lessons or 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 anything like that at all. It's so fascinating. So fascinating. You could be a teacher. You you literally could be a, a voice teacher. You could. You know, it's so funny. Like I, people have called me and said like. Kayla, will you please give me a voice lesson? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, no, like, I, I know I'm not a good voice teacher. Like, I don't play piano. Like, piano is really important for voice lessons. I, no. And they're like, please. I said, okay, fine. I will give you a lesson, but do not pay me. Like, please don't give now me Now I know what like, I'm doing. Just, I, <laughs> but, um, and that was actually a, a while ago. That was like probably three or four years ago. And I gave them a lesson. And as I was teaching them, because it was the first lesson I've ever given, I was like, crap like I actually know a good chunk of stuff like come on with it um and it's not something I advertise like I'm not going around like trying to make money through voice lessons like right. that's not where I want to spend my time right. but occasionally people will ask like hey can can you give me a lesson there was one uh woman recently who reached out a couple months ago and I was like sure come on over like let's talk and what I found myself doing was not actually even talking about vocal technique. Like, yeah, we talked about a few things technique wise, but when I was asking her, okay, well, what are you doing on stage? What are your issues that you're having on stage? And she's like, I just, I'm like really nervous. Um, I feel like I can't do X, Y, Z. And I said, okay, well, we need to talk about your stress response then. Because if you're not able to get your stress under control on stage, it doesn't matter how good your technique is. Yeah. As soon as you get stressed, it's going to go out the window. So we need to talk about like, what kind of words are you saying to yourself? Like, are you being kind to yourself? Are you coaching yourself? Because like one, you know, one thing I learned in college, I had to take a neuroscience class and, but it was really great because I was at a conservatory and this neuroscience class was allocated towards how does music affect the brain specifically. Right. And um, there was one day we uh, watched a video on the Navy SEALs and we learned what they do to handle stress. And there's these three things that they use positive self-talk which is like yeah man like if I was coaching myself I'd be like Kaylee you are kind you're awesome you've got this like you know how to win a crowd you know how to serve a song like you are you know just coach yourself right positive yeah. self-talk the second thing is slow deep breaths because they lower the fear response like they're lowering your heart rate which allows you to think more clearly to have more control over your circumstances, to take in your environment a little bit more effectively and then make a better, wise, wiser, more judicial decision. So slow, deep breaths, positive self-talk. And then the third one is premeditation, which is basically planning 
what you're about to do before you do it. So when I did the voice, I actually used all three of those techniques. And, um, you know, in going into the blind audition, I was given an opportunity to do an onstage dress rehearsal. And so during that rehearsal, I decided to like take in my environment as best I could. I knew exactly where the monitors were in the stage where I could hear myself. I looked around, I knew where the chairs were going to be. Um, and, and I had everything in my head prepared. And so I was able to leave the dress rehearsal and go home and basically meditate on everything there. So I wasn't going to be surprised. Um, and that thing in itself, like it just helps you with, to have a better performance. So those three, those three things are really important. Those are things that I use, especially to help with nerves. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I would never have thought (laughs) you literally, you, there's been so many like, like little tips and tricks here that if someone's listening and they are a songwriter and or an aspiring artist, they could take this and run with it. Take notes. If you're listening, take, take it and run. Take notes. I'm telling you, just take notes or, or just take call notes. Kaylee. Just give Kaylee a DM on Instagram. Hey, I, you know, I said to myself the other day, I said, if I am not leaving someone better than when I found them, then what am I doing? I, I agree. I like, agree. what am I doing if I'm not leaving them better? What's than the point, I'm... right? What is, what is the point? <laughs> Uh, seriously, like, what's the point? I mean, that, that's serious. Like, if you are, if you are talking to someone, the way I see it is like this. If someone said once, it said, it, they said, um, there's a sign in the bluebird. This is what they said. They said, there's a sign in the bluebird that says something like, um, like, be nice. Like, literally just like, yeah. be nice person. I think that, that, I think that that's a sign. I don't know if, if you know what I'm talking about, but I think he said, like, be a nice person. That's it. And, um, that's the way I see it is like, if you come in contact with someone, right. And you are a, you treat them the way you want to be treated. You're a nice person, you know, and they treat you back with that same, you know, compassion. And yeah, then you've left them with a better interaction than they could have had if someone was an asshole. So you have done given them more of a positive outlook on whatever it was that you're talking about it could be the most simple it could be going grocery shopping and you could say listen <laughs> yeah. man like i know i hate grocery shopping it sucks it's horrible but it's something you just got to do it's a part of life and they're like you know what you're right it is a part of life and then they're just significantly in a better mood than they were 10 minutes before so yeah I see it. So I see yeah it. i mean it really is basic i think it's part of my nature as a creative to to spin stories out of the mm-hmm. mundane yeah. and to create positive narratives out of really crappy situations. And, you know, to follow up on your nice comment, I, I'm just, I'm such a glutton for like really cool statements and phrases, but it's, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. It's nice to be important. It's more, yeah, there you go. I agree. Yeah. You know, so I had to wrap my head I, around that for a second, my small brain, but yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> well, I said it kind of fast, um, but I just, you know, those little quips are just, they're really effective just to kind of like, you know, just remind yourself and, you know, you can put sticky notes all over your mirror with all of those things. But um, no, like thinking about the grocery store, like I have a song that I wrote called Lemonade and it's, it's not out anywhere, but it's all about making a good situation out of a bad one. And I, I've been wanting to write it and I brought it to my uh, couple of co-writers and I said, what if the whole chorus was literally just me making lemonade? And so in the chorus, I say like, I went to the grocery store Pick me up some sugar now, baby. Grab me a bag of lemons, race back in my kitchens and made uh, squeeze me up some sweet lemonade. Like, and that's just what it is. And yeah. um, so when you just said grocery store, that made me think of that. But that's so cool. 
It's, it sounds like a yeah, poem. Yeah. It sounds like a nice little short story. It sounds- <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be totally. That's so awesome. That is so awesome. Yes. Like, like we're, like we're saying, just be, just be a good person. Just, just be a good, nice. good person. That's it. Be nice. Be nice. That's all. So let's, let's kind of hone in here a little bit on, on, on your stuff and um, uh, kind of uh, what you've put out here um, in, in 2021. Uh, you, one of my favorite things that I, that I saw that, that you obviously put out and then I ended up going back and watching the videos for it too, was um, live at the chapel. I think that idea was yeah. great. Super cool. Obviously, you put out two covers there, and that's uh, Amy Winehouse's Valerie and uh, one of my favorite songs, uh, Like Rock, which is uh, originally by Bob Seger. And you, uh, you know, put in your own little twist to them. And to be honest with you, I listened to Like a Rock and I was listening, I listened to it all the way through, right? And I was like, I've definitely, I was like, why do I feel like I've heard this song? Because it is really one of my favorite songs. I was like, this is a song I know very well, but you put such a different spin on it that I was, that it took me a second to realize what I was listening to. And that that's important. That shows like that you made it your own. And I love that. And I think that it was so cool. Can we talk about that project a little bit? Um, and kind of why you did it. Was there, was there a simple part to it? Was it, was, was it more just like, Hey, I just wanted to uh, do it. Obviously the dogs really like, like the project. Know, so that's cool. <laughs> So yes, okay, I'm so glad you're asking about this because first of all, there's three more songs coming. It was a five song project and um, I'm getting the other one shaped and ready to go. And I'm really excited because the other three, I'm doing Jolene by Dolly Parton. I'm doing uh, Fly Like an Eagle by Steve Miller and I'm doing uh, Son of a Preacher Man. And so I know I'm really excited. I just love those songs and I love like, I love taking great material and making it my own. Mm-hmm. I've I've met some songwriters in town, artists in town that are, they want to be purists and they want to say, oh, I want to only play my stuff. And I'm like, that's really ignorant yeah. because personally, because I'm just like the reason you're a musician, the reason you're a songwriter is because you fell in love with music. Mm-hmm. And so you're just going to trash the songs that you fell in love with and like yeah. not want to play them because you want to be, a purist and only play yours like i just don't agree with that <laughs> and i agree and, um, i agree with you some i love some covers of songs so i agree with you oh yeah <laughs> well you look at you probably don't know joe cocker but joe of course cocker i know you. joe cocker you do not, okay sorry, I, my I my, my wrestling coach growing up like one of like my biggest inspirations we would go to wrestling practice and he only played joe cocker on a on multiple cds and a and a literal like boom which box. one Oh, Wait, everything. What, what, do you everything. Your, okay. <laughs> Literally everything. Like I love that. Well, every, he, he made his career. He made his career on singing other people's songs. Yes, he did. And then you've same thing with Michael Bublé. Like he's yeah. only got he's got a few of his own originals, but all of his stuff is like predominantly cover songs. And I'm a massive and like you Michael Bublé fan. Yes. I love Bublé. Exactly. Love uh, he's because he's an incredible song interpreter. Like mm-hmm. he takes he takes music and he reinvents it. He gives his own spin. Like you know, he's got some of my favorite renditions of these songs. And, um, and so I don't knock that. And, and, yeah. and I'm not setting out to try and like, do these songs better. I'm not trying to one up the artists whatsoever. They're just songs that have been that I've just found a home in. Yeah. And so thinking about the project, like, it really all started because of like a rock. Nice. It did. And I do have a post on my Instagram kind of talking a little bit about it. But, you know, like, I do remember vividly sitting Indian style in my living room as a kid growing up in my childhood home, watching TV and seeing that Chevy truck commercial come on 
And um, just seeing, knowing like how profound that song was, like that, that commercial, there's, there's certain commercials that I will always be able to remember and it's pure nostalgia, but it's how profound they were. They landed on me and yeah. um, like a rock was one of them. And I just never thought that it was a Bob Seger song. Cause I didn't know who Bob Seger was as a kid. I'm just thinking, man, that's a really cool song for a truck. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's all. <I'm> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's all I'm thinking. And, uh, but then, you know, fast forward, I'm buttoning up my personal life. I'm in the process of painting um, my divorce house. On the, I was outside painting my porch. It was like a 70 degree December day, which what in the world is that? And, um, and I was like, today is the day to paint the porch because you can't paint it if it's going to be 50 degrees. The paint won't dry. So you got to paint it when it's a little bit warm out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, let's turn on the Bob Seger. Let's paint the porch. And Like a Rock comes on. And I just remember standing there with my paintbrush thinking like, this is my song. Like, this is, this is my song. Like how, how it's my song. I don't know, but it's my song. And, and I said to myself, I'm doing something with that. Yeah. And it's really, I I have to say, like, I'm really proud of myself because I didn't just say someday I'm going to do that song. I said, I'm going to do that song. And a couple months later I had the studio, I had the players, it was all, it was all working out and I went in and I cut it and uh, I'm really proud of how it came out. And I'm just proud that I like made something out of, out of a statement of like, I'm going to do this. It was funny. I was watching just like last month, I was watching this Cameron Diaz movie mm-hmm. with Tom Cruise and I can't remember the name of the movie and my dog is chewing on something and I'm going to take it out of his mouth. <laughs> on the move. Um, We're on the move. On the move. On the move. Um, but like I was watching this movie with Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise and in the movie, she tells Tom Cruise, she says, you know, someday I'm going to drive that car down to the bottommost tip of South America. And he says back to her, he says, you know, someday is basically a word that's just synonymous with never. Right. It, and when he said that, I was like, oh, he's so right. Like how often do we say someday I'm going to do that someday I'm going to do this. And I'm like, I am not going to have some days in my vocabulary <laughs> like go. i'm not doing that and so i didn't do that with like a rock and it and now it's out and i can't wait for the rest of the the record to drop and I'm so it basically i'm so pumped i'm so excited. i'm sorry i'm just like going on no and on, please but, um, i'm so excited i'll tell you why in a second but i'm so excited <laughs> okay well uh so but once i finish releasing all of it um then i'm going to start rolling out this other project that i've been working on and it's all originals. And I'm just really, I'm really pumped about finally putting out some music and releasing some songs after being afraid of what to do. As an artist, it's like you put a lot of money behind a project and you don't want to just spit in the wind. You yeah. want it to land. You want, you want there to be, um, you, you want there to be something to come from it, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, and so it, it's hard to figure out what exactly, like how to exactly foster a release and how mm-hmm. to make it, make it land the right way. But it's, a, it's not just have to be out there. Like if you yeah. want them to be heard, you gotta, you gotta put them out. So exactly. You just bite the bullet at. and you, you do it your way. That's the way that that's what, that's how you do it. What I think though mm-hmm. about the project, what I love is I love live renditions of songs. Um, not necessarily like, only live renditions but i love like one of my favorite records of all time is eagles live and the reason why is because i get to yeah. put on my record player and i get to play all four all four right i think it's four i get to play all the all of the uh, records or i guess two sides two idiot. yes 
I get to play two, right? And, <laughs> and they go through all in one and it never stops. And there's and there's never a point where the music breaks. And if you listen to it all the way through, you basically just listen to the whole show. And that is awesome. Yes. Uh, and I love that. And that's that's some of my favorite things. That's one reason why I'm excited because I just love live renditions. It's raw. It, it feels like you're in the room. It's awesome. Second reason, I'm a firm believer that like we were talking about, a song can be, can be completely revamped and it can have a whole second life to it just by another person who says, I love it and I'm not trying to do it better, but I'm trying to do it my way. Some examples, Tennessee Whiskey, Chris Table. Oh my gosh, big time. Here's, here's a quarter, Travis Tritt, right? Yeah. Wait, that's, who did the original one? Isn't that, a, I'm pretty sure that's a cover. Almost positive. What? I didn't on. know I might, that. I did not I know might, that. Hold on, wait, wait. Before before we continue that sentence, I could be wrong. There is a Travis Tritt song that is 100%. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Well, and while you're looking it up, all of the Joe Cocker stuff, like, yep. man. Or, yeah, and again, Michael Bublé, like, Feeling Good. That was originally a Nina Simone mm-hmm. song. And, I mean, her version is insanity as well. Um, but I grew to be, I, I learned Feeling Good through Michael Bublé. So. Me too. I used to listen to the cool the thing is already. like, yeah, and I think that's a really cool thing to think about, actually, like what I'm doing, anybody that's following me and listening to these cover songs that I'm putting out, maybe they've never heard them. I mean, they've been living under a rock if they haven't heard them, <laughs> um, <laughs> but if they, if they haven't heard them and they like what I'm doing, like that's basically giving them an opportunity to go investigate and say like, oh, well, who originally did that song? And it opens them up to a whole new catalog of artists, right? essentially. Right. It's really cool. It's like an educational tool. Exactly. 100%. I think it's awesome. Okay. I might be wrong with that cover. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I could be wrong. But he did, he did cover well, a couple of songs. Maybe somebody covered Travis Tritt. He, that's possible. But he did cover, uh, well, that actually is true. Riley Green did cover Travis Tritt. But, but um, Travis oh, Tritt did one. cover the Eagles. He, he covered Take It Easy. Uh, um, oh, he Travis did? Tritt. Travis Trick covered Take It Easy on the same record. It's on the best of record. So that was great. I'm not saying it like did anything special, but it's a great version. And also, um, Long Hair Country Boy. That's one. Wow. Daniels. But Cody Johnson did the same thing. And I think the Cody Johnson version is fantastic. Obviously, I love the Charlie oh, yeah. Daniels version. But cool. Well, and you've got like Morgan Wallen doing Cover Me Up by Jason yeah. Isbell. And yeah, like, honestly, his, his version did so well that they don't even know that it's not his song which like i pisses off a lot it, of people but it, it, it kind of like i'm like it, it makes me feel a little itchy yeah just because the jason isbell version is just like insane i'm like wait you don't know who jason isbell is i know what? i know what it's crazy but okay. that goes to show you that a lot that songs can get absolutely re-jump started because of just people that love them and and it yeah. shows that they love them because they really want to um you know do that sorry I know what song it was. It just popped in my head. I was just finishing that sentence. Uh, we're corn on, we're corn on grow. Oh yeah, that's, that's what that's it song. was. Yeah, Travis totally. Tritt covered that. Riley Green covered Travis Tritt, and obviously I agree. Ah, uh, that see. was it. That was it. I knew yeah. it was something. I knew I wasn't that dumb. I knew there was something there. But um, seriously, that's why. That's why I think it's gonna be a great project because I'm excited for a for a new version of these songs. And sometimes, like. I love Amy Winehouse's Valerie. I really do. But I really like your version. I really, really <laughs> like your version. And I'm not saying we that because you're right here. I really do. You're so sweet. Yeah, no, we kind of like, it really is obviously very long. It's like seven minutes long. Um, but I didn't give a crap. 
you no, know, it wasn't supposed to be for radio. It was supposed to be an interpretation of what I do on stage and yeah. what you're going to find, how you're, what you're going to find me doing yeah. when you come out to one of my shows. And for me, it's like, if you look at my Instagram bio, it really is like the best elevator pitch. And honestly, I have to blame the Lord for that because I think he just plopped it in my head. Um, but the idea of like Dolly Parton, Aretha Franklin and Bob Seger coming together to make a baby and then calling it country music somehow, like <laughs> doesn't that. make sense, but, but um, it makes perfect it, sense. It doesn't make it sense. Does. It does. Well, for me, I hope, I hope, I hope, it does. but, um, you know, I think of Dolly Parton, like that storytelling element that I love, um, to employ in my, in my songwriting and in my performance, like she is the ultimate storyteller. I mean, every, everywhere she goes, she's telling stories about her life and, and she paints them in colorful ways. And she makes everybody laugh and giggle and, you know, she's endearing. And it's like, that is a huge element that I want to carry in, in my music and in my performance and in my persona, like in the industry. And, yeah. and on top of that, like having that sweet warble, having somewhat of a bluegrass influence. I love all of that. Um, and, you know, obviously like my soul, the soul in my voice is, is attributed to Aretha and really leaning into how she bends notes and how she, where, where she's inspired vocally. And it's like, she's mm -hmm. singing from heaven. Like every note is just completely starting at heaven's gates and then come, comes out of her mouth. And it's just like, wow, like that, that, that Holy spirit, like, what is that? Yeah. You know? And yeah. if that is my goal, like that's, I wrote this song called chasing Aretha. Um, it's purely about that. And um, it, because like, why not? Like, why would you, people, pe people in Nashville, I think can be closed minded sometimes because um, there's so much of us just doing the race. And it's easy to compare yourself to the person you're right next to. Mm -hmm. It's like, why? Like, I, why would I compare myself to someone that's like neck and neck with me? I, mm -hmm. I, I'm not doing that. Like I'm shooting to, to, to be like Aretha and she's yeah. like light years ahead of me. So yeah. how can I, that, that's who I'm after. I'm right. not trying, I, I'm not trying to usurp the person next to me. I'm just, I'm not even trying to usurp Aretha because I know I can't. Um, and her story is her own, but like, that's who I'm emulating. Yeah. And then, you know, with Bob Seger, like the rock and roll element, you know, going back to what I'm doing on, in the studio with Live at the Chapel, I want to play with a band that that can groove, that can jam. I want to hear everybody's individual voice on their instrument yeah. in a live setting. Like I want to augment what they do creatively. Like I'm not trying to put them in a box and say like, hey, you can only play these notes. Yeah. You know, like part of the band experiment for me is is seeing what their gifts are and like okay how can we elevate each other and how can you feel validated in the things that you're gifted to do yeah i think that's sick and i think that what you just said about about chasing aretha i mean I, the way i see it is this is that I, I i think that there's always someone you can chase but if you know that you may never obtain that that means that there's always going to be growth you're always going to be totally that person. And Matthew, totally. McCona Matthew McConaughey said that, and it sticks with me to the core. He, they asked him who his hero was. And he said, my hero is going to be me in 10 years. And they said, that's a little, that's a little like um, arrogant of you to say. Right. And he said, sure. And then 10 years or five years, whatever it was, it was like, have you gotten any closer? And he said, no. And they said, why? And he said, because I'll never obtain that goal. I will never be better Every, at, at the end of every 10 years, no matter how much I did, I still have someone else to chase. So in your eyes, musically, you still always have someone to chase if you don't think you'll ever get there, which is a great way to do it, in my opinion. A great way to do it. Um, I just think yeah. it always allows you to grow. It always allows you to grow, and it's always onward and upward. And then the other thing that I really liked what you said was that you said, why not? Too, many, too often, too many people say, why? Why do this? Why do you do that? That's weird. Don't do that. That's weird. Don't wear that. Don't sing this. Don't say that. But it's why not? 
That's the question you ask yourself. Why? Yeah. That's how I see well, it. Well, it's like you, you, you have to look at your goals. Like, yeah. again, like the record wasn't supposed to be like a radio thing, you know, yeah. like I'll, I'll write with people in town that really are writing for the industry and they want two and a half to three minute songs. They're like, oh, we got three minutes. Okay, good. We get, we don't need to add any more to it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, but what if the song wants to breathe a little more? What yeah. if, what if it wants to just explore that instrumentation just a little bit longer? And, um, and you know, like, of course you want to be smart and like, I don't know. It, it just depends on your goal. Yeah. And, and for me, like my goal is just to create really great music that is going to turn some heads and um, make people feel things, make people experience uh, something that they've been needing to experience. Um, and they did it because of those lyrics that I wrote and they had enough, enough of an instrumental break to really let it sit there with them. You know, like, yeah. What is your you're goal? Totally right. Define you're your totally goal. Right. <laughs> like, you're totally right. You're totally right. You think you're hundred percent because if you think about it too, if you were to push that song to five minutes, right? If you gave yourself an extra two minutes now, is radio going to pick it up? Who knows? But who really cares? Because the person going down the street may need that two minutes. They may, they may love that two minutes and send it to someone else. And then that person sends it to someone else. We live in a world of where music is so accessible to everyone that if someone needs that extra two minutes, they're going to find it and they're going to share it with other people. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. I don't know. Well, you know, it, it can, it really can go both ways. Yeah. You know, because music is so accessible now, like our attention spans are shorter. And so there's that to consider too. It's like, okay, well, if I really care about my gifts and if I care about stewarding them as best I can, then that also means that there's got to be a level of um, understanding of of the clientele, right? Mm -hmm. So the clientele has a short-term attention span and I care about my gifts and I want them to be known and seen, then I've got to at least, I've got to be flexible. Um, But at the same time, it's like, how do you be flexible without compromising your, your conviction and and your goals? And so it's, it's really a fine line and, um, and a difficult dance, but um, you know, you just get better at it. Like the more you explore and you, you, you won't know anything unless you try something. So even as I'm like releasing this live record, like, yeah, the, I'm already thinking about the next one I want to do. Like yeah. I, <laughs> not to like dangle this carrot to you or to anybody that sees it, but uh, sees this podcast, but I, I was singing Desperado this weekend. Oh, come on. Like, dang. Oh my gosh. I'm totally going to let that be Please. The, maybe the cornerstone of the next, the next live record. I think and the dog it'll be likes called that something too. different, but I think the I dog know, likes gosh, it too. They're just, they're just so vocal. And, I think you know. they want to sing Desperado too. That's one of my all-time favorites. All-time. I can't. I like it. Came out of my mouth. I've never. I haven't sung that in a long time, and I sang it twice this weekend. I was like, oh, 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 oh. I know. Uh-oh. It's a, it's a song. Kaylee, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming, hanging out with me, having these conversations. Um, some of my favorite conversations, to be honest with you. And, and um, I, I just thank you for being here. And I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to see what you got coming up the pipe here. Um, the rest of this live record, which is uh, very exciting. And then your original uh, record that's going to come out afterwards, uh, the, the project that will follow. Um, I'm just super excited. So uh, thanks for coming hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Kyle. Of course. Of <laughs> course. Everybody. You can go follow uh, Kaylee on Instagram. Uh, let me make sure I get this right. At Kaylee Bish. Uh, That's right. Minus we want to my bishes. 
<laughs> there you go. Be one of the bishes. Why not? I love it. I'm a bish. I'm a bish. There you go. Come on. There we go. Go. <laughs> go, go listen to Kaylee's music wherever you listen to music and make sure to go check out that uh, Live at the Chapel record, which to follow with three new songs, which is very exciting. You heard it here. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember, this is another episode of the Memory Country Music Podcast. Remember to rate, subscribe, give us five stars if you love the episode, and follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. New episodes come out every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. Trying to show that, slow that outro down. Hope you caught all that. <laughs> this is another episode of the Remember Country Music <laughs> Podcast. I'm Kyle Corbus. That's Kaylee Bishop. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. <laughs>